Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep heart. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side. Welcome to the 49er Faithful UK NFC Championship game preview show. It's Niners versus Eagles in sunny Philadelphia. This matchup has looked to be on the cards for a few weeks now, and it pitches the top two teams in the NFC in a winner-takes-all battle. I'm Gareth Ellis, and I'm joined by Lee Gowland. Hi, guys. Paul Hope. Hi, everyone. And Najee Karar. Hello, everyone. Sending a big 49er faithful UK happy birthday to Sarah McClellan. Hey, Sarah. Happy birthday. All the best. Happy birthday, Sarah. Happy birthday, Sarah. Hope it's been a purdy good birthday. All the best, Paul Hope. Uh, excited for this one, gentlemen, a little bit? Excited, yeah. nervous. Yeah, yeah all, all, of, all of the above, yeah. Yeah, very excited. One game to go, and then it's the big one. It is. It's, a, it's the business end of the season. Uh, and I understand, I think the three of you guys might be watching the game together. We will be, yes. Yeah. So I, I, I the, think uh... it might be. Yeah, I think you two are going, right? Um, I'm 95% sure I'm going. Uh, and then Annalise might come with me. I'm trying to persuade her, but baby seaters and all that. So it might just be me, but uh, yeah, yeah, 95%. So yeah, 95%. so we, we've got the official 49ers watch party in Leeds on Sunday night. Um, it's a ticketed event, but uh, it's uh, the tickets are free of charge and are all sold out already. Um, the doors open at half six. The event's going to be hosted by Emma Jones, who was at the previous watch party. Um, she's a lead broadcaster, um, so she will take care of things on the night. We're expecting around about 450 attendees. Um, mm. There's going to be a game day experience, the, the sound from the stadium, um, the same type of thing that Nick Clark did back in uh, October. There'll be game day giveaways for everybody that turns up. Hopefully, there'll be enough for 450. Um, <laughs> yeah. There'll also be a raffle at the end of each quarter. Um, this raffle won't be autographed items like it was back in October, but I'm sure it'll be some decent items in there. There's a cash card bar with um, both drinks and food. The drinks are quite heavily discounted. Um, 10 bottles of beer for £25, so £2.50 a bottle. Um, so that's a good deal. The car park at Ellen Road will be open, so you'll be able to park there if you're driving down. Um, and lastly, the Chiefs-Bengals game will not be shown after the Niners game. So if you want to watch that, you need to make alternative arrangements. Um, I would suggest somewhere like Victoria Casino, who, who will more than likely be showing that game. So yeah, looking forward to it. Um, based off, based off some of the texts I've had uh, with the Forty Niners, that there might be a role to play for me, Paul, and Najee if Najee turns up. Um, but we, 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 well, I'm, we'll I'm now ninety nine percent sure I'm coming. <laughs> something to do. I'll be there. No, I'll, I'll probably be there. All right, charming. So looking forward to that. Um, obviously, it's going to be a good night. Uh, lots of people there. Hopefully get some new fans, get some new members into the group. Um, that'll be good. Um, I, I think I, I am anticipating a mix of fans. I think with 450 people there, you're not going to get 450, 49er fans. I think there's definitely going to be a mix of fans. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some Eagles fans there. Um, but obviously it, it'll be a good atmosphere because yeah. NFL fans are quite quite um, relaxed um, about 
sharing a, a watch party with opposing teams fans. So Absolutely. looking forward to that. Yeah, just a quick one on we've had a lot of message from people being anxious about either coming to a, a meetup for the first time and being in a in a big crowd or about how everything's gonna go. Uh don't worry about it. You you come down, you do you. If you want to stay in a corner and watch the game and not talk to anyone, that's absolutely fine. You do that. Um, you will not be pressured into doing anything you don't want to do. It's a safe space for everyone. We try to make everybody welcome, um, and we try to be as inclusive as we can. So, yeah, don't don't be afraid. And if if you want, if you don't want to be bothered, send us a DM. Either three of us tell us, look, on the night, I just. I'm very anxious, so I don't like talking to people. Just tell us on by message, and we'll just leave you alone. It's no problem at all. Um, obviously, if you want to do the opposite and hug everyone, that's fine too. Um, everything is, yep, just bring it in. It's, it's all good. Uh, we'll try and go around and talk to everyone. Um, but obviously, 450, it's going to be difficult to get to everyone, especially when the game is on, because we're going to be watching the game. Um, but yeah, they come and enjoy, they go, come and have fun and don't be afraid about the soccer fans and, and all that. We'll, you know, we'll, you know, we'll make it a good place because that's what I as family do. Um, so yeah. Gonna say, Gareth, as well, there'll be a good mix of people like I'm coming in the car with Lee, Connor Ryan's coming down. I'm not drinking, it's school night for me. I've got no, the next neither. day. So I think there's going to be a good mix on the night. I know there's discounted drinks offers, which is great. But I think you'll be surprised at how many people aren't drinking and are there to enjoy the game. But likewise, if you're there to have a few sociables, if you're there to get the fireballs, if you're there for the full experience, but there will be a good mixture. And I do believe a few in the group are going into Leeds earlier. So if people do want to go in earlier, for example, we're not getting there till about six o'clock. We're going straight to Ellen Road. But if they are, if you're in Leeds earlier, the group, you can meet up. The atmosphere is going to be great. And the biggest question will be Gareth, and I've posted in the meetup, is what jersey is everybody going to wear? Because it's going to be great to see Ellen Road filled with red and gold, white and red, gold yeah. jerseys, black jerseys, silver jerseys. I think I've seen at the last few meetups. So I'm really excited to meet everyone, new and old. And like you said, Najee, just hit us up. Our DMs yeah. are always open. And Lee, thank you so much for the, all your hard work this week. It hasn't been anything other than you. Me, Najee and Gareth haven't had to do anything. You and Nick Clark have sorted it all out. So I can imagine the I hours bit, you've... I was a bit busy. Before. don't know if yeah. you noticed. Najee was, was a little bit busy. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't go yeah. unnoticed, the work Cheers, that grew. Um, and I just wanted to put that out there to everyone. It has actually been Lee who's been doing all the work for this meet-up. So I just wanted to put that on record before we got into the game. So I, I was actually going to say, if, if you come up and uh, try and talk to us on Sunday night and you actually find I'm fast asleep on my feet, it's because I've had a few late nights this week. And I think tonight's going to be another late night as well. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for that. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a great night. And thanks, lads, for not rubbing it in that I'm not I'm not going to be there. You haven't bigged it up at all. I, I don't yeah. feel like let, I'm let, Letting the side down. Thanks. Yeah, well... There we are. Uh, we know we know the, the implications and the road and all that. It's it's okay. There's always well, I'm, two I'm, weeks, I'm you know? saving it for a couple of weeks later. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, shall we crack on with the game? Start off yes, with a please. little bit of a injury news. Injury report has come out. Debo, CMC, and Elijah Mitchell all limited in practice, but I think Shanahan seems pretty relaxed that all three are going to be available once again. It's a the running back room seems a little bit banged up, but I'm, I think I'm with with Shanahan. I think uh, 
uh, those guys seem all right. And I think we've just been a little bit cautious with them at this this time of the season. So hopefully we're coming into the game uh, fit. Uh, and as you undoubtedly uh, will have heard, uh, Charles Menehu was arrested during the week, um, but he's practising. He's cleared to play for the game. And until there's any more details about what went on, there's not really much else to say uh, on that other than I, I don't think, I think the team will, will support him. And, and I don't think that's going to be a, a, an issue, a mental issue for anybody. No, so. the team said the, they were happy for the law to do his business and, and go from there, which is a good sign, I guess. We'll, we'll see. Uh, there's another uh, about CMC, Mitchell and Debo. I think it was just a bit of, it was a, it was a hard game on, on Sunday. Um, it was taxing. Yeah. That was probably the hardest game we played this yeah. year. Very good, very good Cowboys team that really took care of us too. Uh, uh, McCarthy was just a, bru- a bruise on his calf and Mitchell, I mean, Mitchell was running deep in the fourth quarter. So uh, I think he's all right. I can't remember seeing Debo off either. I think they, everybody finished the game. So not too worried about that. There is another piece of news, which is worthy, mm-hmm. I think, is that Jimmy G is actually doubtful, which is much better than out. Uh, he's actually listed as doubtful. So it could potentially play on Sunday mm. if we needed it for whatever reason. I'm just, just saying it. I'm yeah, interesting. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll just I'll say just... that's his designation. I don't think he will play. But it is not obvious. Well, yeah. The four of us are quiet, Nadji. And you yes, yeah, I know. Drop the bomb and poor Gareth was thinking, is everyone's sound working? That was a yeah, little yeah. bit of a... I thought Lee had frozen. Yeah, I, I think I had frozen. <laughs> Mentally frozen. But what I was going to say is, if he's doubtful, generally a doubtful designation, the door will end up suiting up. Yeah. But, but our alternative is Josh Johnson. It's that's the NFC saying. Championship game. Yeah, I'm sorry, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jimmy suit up. Suit yeah. up on but I haven't said that. I haven't said that. I have a feeling the left. Un- unless there's an injury to Brock, Brock will yeah. play the entire game. Oh yeah, absolutely. even if he's I'm not saying, game. There's no way I'm saying start yeah. Jimmy. If Brock starts. Oh, no, 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 I'm not eating struggling. Yeah. I'm just saying he's there. If ever mm. Brock was to get hurt, I think he might yeah. be suited instead of John Johnson, which is a good sign. So what you're saying is, Neil, get that number ten jersey out, son, because it might be needed <laughs> on Sunday. Put 54 yeah, back in the closet and get your ten out. No, no, okay. Oh, third string quarterback is back. Look, keep, keep that. No, he's our best player. Talk <laughs> about a rabbit hole, gents. Not, Gareth did not have Jimmy no, G top of the agenda when we thought we were starting this part. No. But there we go. Um, you you never fail to uh, to surprise me. So, should we, uh, <laughs> should we start with uh, breaking down some of the key matchups? And I think let's start with uh, with the sidelines. It's Shanahan versus Sirianni. A guy who I think has quietly turned around a stumbling Eagles team from a couple of years ago, uh, and taken them all the way to a to a conference championship game. Uh, how do you think these two match up? Uh, who's going to kick us off? Najee's. Hey, I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't actually think Sirianni is a good coach. Um, he hasn't proven it to me mm. yet. Um, he's inherited a very good team. Right? Look at the look at the talent he's got on his roster, and that's not. He's running exactly the same offense that he ran last year. And last year, with slightly lesser player, it wasn't working. They weren't very good at all. And this year, because Jalen Hurts is playing at 
MVP level and you can't deny that. Uh, it's working. Is it his job? Mm, I'm not sure. I think he's very lucky to end ended up in this position. And if you look at his, you know, his resume in terms of his NFL career, it's not glorious either. He was actually the, the offensive coordinator that really pushed Andrew Luck to retire. So, you know, <laughs> this is this is the guy we're talking about. And then the three years after that, uh, even with the roster that they had, and the, they were just basically quarterback class, they couldn't do anything. They went to the playoffs a couple of times, but because the AFC South was pretty bad. And yeah, I just don't think he has shown anything as a coach himself um, that, that, that tells me he's good. And this year's proved it again. He lost Jalen Hurts for two games. And they lost those two games. So, is he a good coach? I don't think so. But he's got a good team, and that mm. is usually very good for him. Uh, and Carl has been, I think Carl is probably his best season this season. And he's playing with a first string QB, and with you know twelve and zero uh, coming into this game since October. So, uh, I mean, it, it, there's no doubt that one of, one of those two guys is better than the other, and has been doing it for longer. So, yeah, I just I'm not saying Sirani is necessarily a, a bad coach but he's young and he, he's gonna he's learning but he hasn't shown me anything that proves me he's a good coach yet anyway yes yeah, so mm. I, th I think the biggest difference between the two is the fact that um this is Carl shanahan's third nfc championship game uh, and you can't discount the um the, the, the type of experience that is um how valuable that's going to be and that's going to filter through the team as well because a good part portion of our roster have all played an nfc championship game before they know what the pressure is like so they're, they're going to be well used to this um and as far as the coaching matchup is concerned i, I kind of agree with naji um i don't think it's a contest between the two if the worst comes to the worst and we get beat by the Eagles, I don't think it means that Sirianni is any better than uh, Carl Shanahan because it's going to be a close game anyway. It, it's going to be interesting to see how each one of them lines their teams up against the other. It, it's it's going to be an interesting chess match. What do you think, Paul? Sure. Well, I was going to say um, it's as if Nadji had read my notes. I mean, the big difference between the two Nadji is Sirianni actually doesn't call his own players. He handed that off in 2021. So he doesn't run the the offence. He's got an offensive coordinator. He's got a defensive coordinator. And I think you're right, Nadji. Technically, he's got a more talented team, given that the, the first seed. But has he just been kind of the rah-rah guy on the sidelines, the motivational guy? He hasn't actually put this team together. We all know Kyle Shanahan is the king of the castle. When he took over in 2017, Gareth, we had one of the worst rosters in football. Mm. Like the chaps have said, third NFC game. We said it on the pod the other night. He's got a 6-2 and two record in the playoffs. The kind of criticism on Kyle is he can be conservative. He cannot go for it on fourth down. The Eagles are one of the more aggressive teams on fourth downs. And I've looked at the stats preparing for tonight. But again, is that on Sirianni or is that on his coordinators? And it's quite easy, like Nadji said, when you've got Hurts as your quarterback who's got that mobile threat to maybe go for it a bit more. But I'm on the same page as the chaps for me. Give me Kyle Shanahan. He's the best offensive player caller in the NFL. What he's done with a third-string quarterback this year is nothing short of miraculous, and for me, he's coach of the year. So when I was preparing for tonight, I was just thinking that. Another thing that struck me is Sirianni seems more arrogant than Shanahan, which, like you said, Nadja, I'm not quite sure why. I think it's a case of his team does his talking for him, Sirianni, where Shanahan tends to let the players do the talking. I think that's... I I don't have a problem with the arrogance when you're one of the best team in the country you're allowed to be. 
Um, but I very often, and we've you know we've seen it in our division with people like Aaron Donald and Jaron Ramsey. When things don't go your way, those kind of personality and people tend to go downhill pretty fast and and pretty hard. So I'm I, I'm I can't wait to see what he actually does when he gets punched in the mouth by a good defense, which he hasn't really been put in front of this season, apart from a few times in those games were really close. So. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think he has a lot to prove. Um, and it's going to be a, a big game for him. And, the, and Philadelphia is a different beast as well in terms of media and all that. And you can't really slip up. So if if he does what McCarthy did on the last play, it, there's a chance he doesn't even have a job next year. So um, it's a different thing. But yeah, uh, I'm, you know, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I broadly <laughs> agree. I think... Uh... Uh, I think he is he is a good coach, or at least he's put good coaches around him, and and maybe yeah. that's that's one of the good things about being being the coach. You don't you realize you don't. Have I to think be. it's more, especially in Philadelphia. I think it's more Harry Roseman that kind of you know has the strings and pulls the string in, in our organization. I mean, that's what I mean. I don't I don't think he had much input into where they are these days. Um, uh, and he, yeah, he surrounded himself with good coaches, and he inherited a, a very good team. But I think I still go back to that draft, draft day, and and uh, AJ Brown trade. And I just don't—if they don't do that trade, I just don't think they are where they are today. And he didn't do that, he, you know. Frosman did that, and he just—it reminds me a bit of Mourinho, you know, running around to Chelsea and to whatever to teams that were already good before you arrived there, and then he just kind of like makes it slightly better to win championships and stuff, but never never taking a team from down all the way up by himself. Um, we'll see. He's young, though, so we'll see. Could you just imagine what this game would be like on Sunday night had it not been A.J. Brown that the Eagles traded for? Had it been Debo instead? Yeah, mm. God. But if we didn't have Debo, I don't think, I'm not quite sure we would be there either. He's pretty important to us. Mm. He, he is. He is. I think we'd still be there. Uh, yeah, maybe. Dan, it, it's hard, isn't it, to predict an NFL season? It is, right. <laughs> I think I think you're right. Shanahan's had his best season as a coach. He does seem to have learned to get out of his own way. I think he has lost some of the conservatism. Uh, and I don't think we can um, deny that that seems to have coincided with, with Brock Purdy's arrival. There just seems to be a confidence there that wasn't there before that he's just like, let's go for it. And or maybe it's even that kind of, you know, if this goes wrong, everyone will say, yeah, you've had a good season, but you, it's the rookie quarterback and you're only going to get so far. So maybe he's sort of freed up a little bit to feel that he can go for it. Um, and, and rather than feeling like uh, it's all going to come back onto him if it all goes wrong, he, he seems to have developed this this little bit more that's only going to get me so far being conservative. Sometimes you've got to pick your chances. Um, and it will be interesting to see if we can certainly go into Philadelphia and give them a good punch in the face. Uh, I don't know that any teams have done that. And this season has been very easy for them. When you start winning, you build the momentum, you avoid the injuries. Fair enough, Hurts missed a couple of games, but it's not like losing major, major players on both sides of the ball to ACLs for the whole season. Um, the, the, the season's moved quite easily for them. They got the number one uh, seed. They they had to, to obviously sit out around um, and then got the Giants. 
So I think some of them, there's there's a bubble there to be burst. And I, it's going to be uh, a challenge, I think, a different ch- challenge for Sirianni to maybe hold that team together if that belief starts disappearing, They if they struggle for a quarter. Because I, I really don't think they have all season. All the, the games they've lost, it's like, yeah, but Jalen Hurts wasn't there. So they're kind of, they're dismissed. How, how are you defining a punch in the face? Uh, was... Just, you know, like a first drive, nine minutes, seven down in a pick six, something like that. And then it's like, what do you do now? It's Now it's not easy anymore. And our defense is bowling and every yard is hard. How how are you going to respond to that? That's that's kind of that's kind of what we or we you know, like right. adversity so, so, in, in so some kind of a, way. Yeah. So from a point put up against their defense perspective, I can't remember if it was five or six, um, whichever one it is. Five or six teams have put over thirty points on them. Yeah. So it, it's not as all teams are failing to score against them. And, and I think that's going to be crucial. That that kind of stat, along with a few others I've seen today, are going to be crucial to the outcome of the game. So the the discussion that we had uh, before we came live on the show that Paul's just done with an Eagles fan, which we'll talk about more in depth later, I, I think I think I'm definitely looking at this a whole different way to that Eagles fan. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean you know. I mean, any kind of adversity, maybe they lose their center uh, to an injury or, you know, so something you don't prepare for. Um, I think that's why I want to see if, if they're actually a good team or not, because they haven't had much of that this, this season. It's been pretty smooth, smooth cruising all the way. Yeah, you, they may, you know, they may have given up 30 points, but is that the opponents trying to keep up with them? You know, uh, I don't know that they've been 20 points down in a game and come back from it. Yeah, um, and I think that's that's what, in terms of giving them a punch in the mouth, I mean, holding the ball for 10 minutes in a quarter and either side of that, they, they have a three and out. And, you know, suddenly they think, hang on, that's a whole quarter gone. We're, we're seven points down and we and we got minus three yards in that quarter. Um, yeah. How does then that defence react when it's got to haul itself back out onto the field after a three and out and get punched in the mouth by Debo and CMC and Juszczyk and Kittle over and over? Uh, how how are they going to react to that? Because I, I don't know that they've had that sort of game. Whereas I think we've been in and lost slugfests this year. We, we've had blowout wins. We've won every way imaginable. And I think mostly from what I've seen from the Eagles is they've built a lead and other teams have been forced to, to try and play high-risk football to come back into it so that maybe they've kept the score moving on. They've kept the score close. But the Eagles, for a lot of the season, didn't look like they really had to to fight to win games. They just, and, and there's, that's not a bad thing, is it? Um, constantly scoring points, but Paul. There was one, there was one game that they did struggle and Kyle Shanahan would love to have this kind of game. So Washington Gareth ran the ball 49 times on them and they struggled to come back into that game. Now if Kyle Shanahan couldn't run the ball 49 times, he's going to take that. Oh, well. And I think that's right. obviously something that I jested with that Eagles family who was very bullish. He's very confident of his team's chances, which they are the top seed in the NFC. They've got no problem with that, like Nadji said, no tall bit of banter. But I do think the punch in the mouth. I just want to ask Nadji, you mentioned there a pick six. Is there a particular player that would score a pick six that might get Sirianni upset or maybe yourself upset? I mean, any. Even even Jimmy Ward, even though he can't really catch the ball. Um. Well, if Jimmy Ward scores that pick six, you'd be ordering a new jersey, wouldn't you, buddy? 
Yeah, I would. I would. Oh, yeah, maybe that's another PSA we, we forgot about. Um, <laughs> we should tell everyone that uh, I, I have, uh, because I forgot the flag when I went to San Francisco, this one right there, because I'm an idiot. Um, I said that I will buy a Jimmy, a Jimmy Ward jersey, which will take this space in the stream. Um, if he does, if either if he gets re-signed or if he has a big play, this game or the next. Um, so I will. It will obviously be a Chinese jersey. I'm not spending 150 dollars on it. I'm not crazy, but uh, yeah, I'll, I will do it. I'll definitely do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, and then it'll just be a number one here, and I'll turn it around so you can see the wall thing. As a bit of a laugh, uh, I think it'll be funny if that does happen. And then maybe next year I'll just give it away to somebody that could actually use it or something. I don't know. We'll see. But it's a bit of banter and something to look forward to. Um, and maybe it's in my board prediction. Motivation for Jimmy Ward, I think, there. Yeah. <laughs> so he will be gutted to know he's not going to get a chunk of that shirt sale, obviously. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay, shall we move off the coaches and look at the pair of quarterbacks? Both young, both under the age of 25. Slightly different stages of their seasons. Both had good seasons. Where do you want to, who's going to start with this one? Lee, maybe kick us off. Yeah, so so they are very different quarterbacks. Um, one uses his legs to scramble away from um, pressure. The other one uses it as pretty much a secondary uh, running back. Um, obviously, we have struggled in the past with that type of quarterback. I, I think we are over that hurdle now. We, we can handle them a lot better. So it's going to be interesting to see how we handle Jalen Hurts on Sunday night. Um, especially when you have him in tandem with uh, Miles Sanders in the back. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how we do that. Um, oh, I mean, obviously, you look at Jalen Hurts and you have a look at the weapons he's got around him. He's got two absolutely excellent wide receivers. He's got a top-notch uh, tight end. His offensive line is really good. I mean, best in, the, in the best in yeah, the league, maybe. There's the such a balanced side, the Eagles. Um so it's yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because I don't think they're going to particularly be able to run on us as much as what they run on other teams. And to be honest, I think we're going to stuff that straight away. So it'll all come down to how they handle the pass rush and whether or not Jalen Hurts can use his legs to scramble away from that. Um, obviously, we we are very good at that. And this is where one of those um, what one of those stats I've just seen comes in. It's actually the next section, so I'll leave for the next section. Um, You've covered so, all of the next sections in that. So, uh, well, that was just brief. That was just brief overview. Um, a taster, a teaser. Bro bro yeah, bro Brock Purdy. To be honest, I, I can see us. I can see us leveraging the run for the majority of the game. However, I've got a real feeling that the very first play we're just going to open it up and throw it downfield because I think the uh, the Eagles are going to expect us to, to run and I think what Shanahan might do is say to Brock, launch one, launch one to begin the game. They're not going to be expecting that. Um, what I'd be looking for is to see who's lined up with wide receiver whether or not we've got a Danny Gray or a Ray Ray McLeod receiver. If either one of those are on, on our first defensive player, I wouldn't be surprised to see Brock hurl one in their yeah, direction. So that, that'll be interesting. Um, as, as you've said, I mean, before Brock, nobody expected us to get here. 
once we went down to our third string quarterback. He's a rookie. Yes, he'll be nervous, but the pressure is off. Because like you said, if he loses this game, it's not going to be reflect badly on him because he's a rookie. No, nobody's expecting him to win. Pe- people are still questioning his ability and saying, well, it's all about the team around him. It's, it's the way Carl Shanahan scripts players. It, any quarterback can come in and win games, which we know is wrong. Nick Mullins couldn't win games. CJ Bethard couldn't win games. Brian Hoyer right. in the first mm. season couldn't win games. So it's, it's, it's not all about the way Carl Shanahan schemes it. And I think he's found his perfect quarterback. And uh, I've said it time and time again, now this probably is the third, fourth um, podcast running now. I still can't believe it. still can't believe what we've got in Rock Bird. <laughs> I thought um, it changed your mind. I, I'm such a believer now. Yeah. It's, he's so good. And even well, against Dallas, he was he was well, very, very though. good. It, it, it's I so just... good. It, it's hard to believe. <laughs> it is you hard to, to pin- believe. You, you have to pinch yourself. And it, I love the fact that uh, Steve Smith came out and absolutely roasted all of these NFL scouts for yeah. passing on Brock Purdy. And, and some of the comments they made, it's like of, uh, uh, what do you call him, Nick Saban. Yeah, yeah, a middling arm. Poor accuracy. Yeah. You're too short. Well, he's in well, the NFC Championship, baby. <laughs> he is. And he's been yeah. uh, yeah. damn good, Gareth, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, Mr. Irrelevance, pick 262. Like you said, Lee, NFC Championship, baby. Yeah. What, what do you think about the quarterbacks, Paul? I'm not going to go over what you've said about Hurts. I think anybody who's into the NFL knows how good he is, his mobility, his arm strength. I'm actually more confident in Brock because we're the 49ers. And yes, I'm excited. I'm a 49ers fan. And I'm not taking anything away from your boy, Nadji, before you you think where I'm going. But the reason why he's been so brilliant is the system works. And we said it, Kyle has a quarterback that he finally trusts. He doesn't screw it up by taking the risky throws. Now, I've got non-49er fans, Gareth, who are like, oh, that throw could have been an interception and that throw could have been an interception. Mahomes does it. Hurts will do it. You could mm. pick any quarterback in the NFL. But when in doubt, he lives to fight another day and he dusts it off. Where when we had Jimmy under centre, we were always waiting, like you said, Nadji, for that next bad throw. We don't have that with um, Brock Purdy. His decision-making, yes, he's got elite weapons around him and he can do those very safe, short to mid-range passes to Kittle, to CMC. He still has to get the ball there. And equally, we've got a good run game. So if he is struggling... Kyle can call the run game, get Brock off the field, have a chat with him, put his arm around him. But like you said, Lee, the fact that you and Nadji were there in Vegas in April and you saw him selected pick 262. And for all those fans waiting for him to become Mr. Irrelevant, got a message for you, boys. It's not happening. Brocky is going to go into Philadelphia and he's going to prove the doubt was wrong. And I think we see more 13 jerseys flying off the shelves, Gareth. So that's my take you, on the quarterback, boys. You know, Paul, when, when that um, pick was made when uh, the final pick was made, I had the NFL Network cameras right in my face, but they didn't air the footage. It was literally there. He was yeah. so close to us. And this wasn't a small camera. This this was like a big movie camera. This was yeah, a big, huge one. square. And it was right there in my face. <laughs> and it was so off-putting. But, yeah, I mean, I, I was over the moon that we took the quarterback. I'd said to Nadji yeah. b- before the pick was made, I said, we're taking the quarterback here. I can guarantee yeah. you. 
return to quarterback. Uh, and I wish I'd gone with me good feeling as well because I was going to say Brock Purdy, but that's only because of the uh, PFF uh, mock draft simulator. Mock draft, yeah. Because I kept on taking Brock Purdy roughly yeah. around about that pick. Um, so that that would have been interesting to see that footage. I, I think that might have been the time where I didn't really react as much because we were both so no, tired. I think, yeah, at that point we yeah. were hanging by a thread. Um, yeah. We'd we'd been. I think we might have tried to leave about two or three times before that, and then we did, every yeah. time we were just like, mm, maybe we should stay though because it's not we're not going to be here every day. Yeah, and, and just uh, think if we'd left, we wouldn't have been at the stage. When he was picked, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, which was which was really cool. So, yeah, um, you know what else we've got to remind ourselves as well. The Eagles are very bullish gents about their pass rush, but they go against traditional quarterbacks that drop back. Brock Purdy doesn't need a lot of time in the system. He's shown that, like you said, Najee's elusiveness and the fact that um, if he makes mistakes, he recovers from them. But yes, the Eagles have got a very good pass rush. But again, I'm confident in Purdy. And do you know what he's got, gents? He's got that little chip on his shoulder, like a certain TB12 had. And he's got a bit of an ego, which a quarterback needs. But he's also a team player. And I think the team have rallied around him. So I think Hurts is obviously everyone's favourite for MVP. He runs around. He's one of these shiny new mobile quarterbacks. Well, give me 13, give me Brocky, give me pick 262 any day of the week, Gareth. So I, th- I think that's a very good segue into the next section, Gareth, because I, I want to pick up on something Paul said. I can't do it until we get to your next section. <laughs> that's why well, Najee hasn't had his chance to talk QBs yet, nor me. No, but... I haven't. Um, I mean, the, the guys have covered it, and you all know what I think of Brock. And I, I, I actually think uh, that Dallas game was... Maybe one of his best game. I don't. I know it didn't look like it, but the the way he didn't make mistake was extremely impressive. Exactly. To me. Um, yeah. And and we saw what mistakes do to a football game, and how Dak couldn't not do it. So, um, yeah, I'm. Um, I know he's gonna he's gonna ball. I know there's gonna be a couple of throws. Uh, every, as as Paul said, every QB does it in a game when there's a couple of throws. You, you, I think you, you would like that to have that one back and throw it better or different. But even the you know the throw to George Kittle, the the circus catch, he's not George is not in a progression and he just reads this so well. The the, the Cowboys play really really well that play, and he still manages to find find him for for how many yards it was and so he has the ability to change again by himself um on the other side i think hurts is is one of those new new age qb isn't it and i i hate that we play him because I, I do generally love him i remember when he was alabama and had to step in for two hours in in the championship game and won it um that was that took guts and, and it was very impressive and then he transferred to oklahoma and then he was he was behind Baker Mayfield, and he was behind Kyler Murray, um, and he still stuck around. And then in the first season he played, and he played extremely well. And that takes a lot of gut to be able to do that and be the number two, and still compete every time you're called upon. And he did it at the Eagles as well, because uh, you know he, he wasn't necessarily the starter at the time, and managed to cement himself in there. So I think he's very good, but he's one of those new HQB. He's run. He's running, running very well, and if you take that away, I'm not sure he's as an elite passer as uh, as Brock is, maybe even. Um, so 
it's it's definitely going to be a very good matchup, and we're going to have to keep him in check. But we, as as Lee said earlier, we kind of used to it. We play Kyle Murray twice a year. We used to play Russell Wilson twice a year, and we've played a bunch this year already. So, um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do with with a defense like that, and especially. And I think that's how we're going to attack it. He's going to have a certain number fifty seven following him around, and uh, see if he catches him a couple of times. I don't think he's going to enjoy it very much, so we'll see how he handles that. Um, but yeah, I, he's good, and uh, he wouldn't be they wouldn't be there if he wasn't. So uh, look forward to it. It's it's a, it's a great matchup. I think we haven't said that yet. But it's yeah. going to be a great game. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward. As an outside, I think every outsiders agree that this is potent. It's the best matchup that could have been, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I think that's that's a good matchup. I think you've covered it all, so I'm not going to milk it too much. Other than to say, I think the the Eagles did they make the playoffs last year? Were they one and done, or or they didn't make did. it at all? Because in which case, I don't think they did. got twice as many playoff wins as Jalen Hurts, and they've both played in exactly the same number of championship games, none. And there's an equalizer <laughs> there, I think. So. Anyway, Lee, you've been uh, you've been very well behaved. Yeah. So oh, they did play. They, they did play a game last year in the postseason. Yeah, I think, I think he. I think he lost it. So, so I've just I've just been trying to have a look for the tweet that I read earlier, and I can't find it. But it was a very interesting stat. Where, um, so the Eagles have seventy sacks on the year in the regular season. So they were only yeah. four behind the Chicago Bears, eighty-five. Yeah. Of of those sacks, twenty five of them, twenty three was twenty three of them yeah. in three games. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that tweet, which is inflated, inflated the stats a little bit, and then they went a little bit further into it, and forty one of the sacks, more than half, came in only six games. So it was the teams oh, wow. they were playing against, which basically elevated their sack total, and they just happened to have success against them. Now, I think in the same tweet, it also mentioned pressure rate. And the Eagles don't get anywhere near as much pressure rate as what the Cowboys did. Right. The Cowboys have a lot more pressure. So that was an interesting fact as well. So it looks as though their pass rush isn't as formidable as what we led to believe. No. that, That is going to be interesting. Yeah, I think Gareth alluded to it. They, they were very often in front, so all the teams had to play from behind, which means passing the ball way yeah. more than you're comfortable yeah. with, and not necessarily what you're built on either. So you might not be very good at stopping a pass rush, uh, but if you're you know 14 points down, you don't really have a choice. You're gonna pass it because it's faster and it stops the clock whenever you need it to. You know, so uh, are the stats inflated by it? Yes, probably. Are they a bad D line? No, they're very good. Uh, you don't get no sack. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so uh, they're still a exactly, very good D line. Exactly. What, what I said was, there's, they aren't as formidable as what we let yes. to believe. They're still it's, a very yeah, good D line without a shot. I mean, th- you can still argue that they're the best D line in in the NFL as but, a whole. Maybe, yeah. As a whole, yeah. As a as a sack machine, they maybe yeah. not as good as what people think they are. Yeah. See what I was doing, Lee? Yeah. I was doing like Carl Shanahan. I'm, I'm building up to my bold predictions, so I've got a couple of players in early to make up the, the formidable pass rush, 
and then I'm going to flip it in my bold predictions. But I've mentioned it because that Eagles fan was very high on that start and he came in. You know, Nick Bosa's got a lot of your sacks you take him away. I was a spread across. But I didn't want to go down the strength of schedule and all that. You beat what's in front of you. Let them be bullish and we'll let our players do the talking for us. But don't worry, it's going to be reflected in my bold prediction, buddy. So, so again, when you talk about uh, strength of schedule, because everybody's turned around and said, well, hang on, eh? the Eagles have had the easiest strength of schedule in the NFL. Well, we've had the second easiest. So come yeah. on. I mean, that, that, that's a pointless stat to put out there. It's, yeah, it? yeah, it's because all the teams have it's yeah. the way the strength of schedule works. If you're a bad team, exactly. your sh- uh, strength of schedule is tough, if I can ever say it properly. And it's so, yeah, it's <laughs> no, but I think they calculate it uh, according to what the teams were doing last season. And so, in terms of that, we they had the isn't it dynamic? It's dynamic. Uh, for this, no, it, oh, is it dynamic? Yeah, right. Okay. It is, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's the so, NFC So the strength least, of right? schedule for so. last season is when they do the scheduling. <laughs> that, that's, yeah. that's how they do it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, d- during think... the season when they talk about strength of schedule, it, it's a dynamic, it's an ever-moving scale based on how many uh, wins the team you've beat has. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just a bunch of people trying to make them feel better because they're nervous or they trying to spark conversation i guess but at this point nothing that's ever happened before really matters it's one game anything mm-hmm. can happen it's a playoffs it's an nfc championship um it, it's just two very good team hitting each other at the right time it's, it's going to be fun. it's going to be amazing it's going to be super fun so that's all i'm taking from it we we have moved on to talking about the pass rushes so yeah, I, I um, was statly. I I hadn't I hadn't been under the skin of that that sack total in that way. So I think that is that's that's something that gives me a little bit more uh, uh, confidence, I suppose. And of course, how how potentially how many running mobile quarterbacks have they played this season? I I, I don't know what the Eagles schedule was. I'm not sure which divisions they played. So that the that, NFC North um, and. Um... AFC. Was it South? AFC? Yeah. The Giants. The Giants division. three times in the last six games. Which, if you watch that game last week, the Giants are terrible. So I don't know what you want to yeah. take away from that. I think week six no, was but... the last win over a team that made the playoffs, Gareth. And again, I know, like you said, Najee, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter ahead of this game, but equally, yeah. I think you've got to look at certain things. They haven't faced us yet. They well, haven't well, faced Williams and. Te- technically, they beat the team that made the playoffs last weekend. Yeah, the Giants. <laughs> True. I just, I don't, yeah. So back to the, their pass stretch. I think they're definitely very good, but I don't think they're anything that we can't handle. Uh, I mean, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham are probably Hall of Famers. If when they when they retire, there's no two way about it. But they're also pretty old. Um, you know. They're definitely not on the next bossa trajectory anymore. Uh, this, I would imagine, and wouldn't surprise me if they go the way and win it. That these two guys retire, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised, especially Fletcher Cox. It seems like he's been in a league for mm-hmm. for twenty five years. It's crazy, um, but he's very good indeed. But um, I don't think they have quite the same rate of pressure with the linebacker that we do. So they very, very often only rush four. All five with Gardner Johnson. Uh, they absolutely love bringing off the edge. A bit like we do with Afanga. 
So is there something we can't stop? Absolutely not, because that's exactly what we do. Um, and our line is very versed to do to defend that. And uh, I have all the confidence you know, in Trent and the guys that they've studied Tapped and, and know whatever. And as we say, I think Brock is really good under pressure. He understands timing and what to do. And he's not, he doesn't really care about sacks. He'll eat here if he needs to. Um, but he, he won't be forced into making mistakes, which is what usually pressure leads to. Um, on our side, I do want to see a little bit more. I think yeah. when Bosa has a quiet day, uh, which he has done in the past couple of games, there's not much going on. And I think we could have done with a bit more pressure against Dallas. Um, and you just kind of want to see it from, you know, the likes of Abu Cam or many who, if he plays, uh, Jordan Willis, um, Kinlaw even hasn't really been in the backfield that much. You'd like to see a little bit more from all those guys in the rotation and not just rely on Bossa or Fred Blitzing or, or Fanga Blitzing. Um, so that's something that if we can have a good game on the Z-line, it's going to help us a ton, obviously. Yeah, de- de- definitely I agree with that because when you look at both teams, the, the Eagles, like I said before, the Eagles on both sides of the ball are very balanced um, in respect that all the players are playing at a good level. So if they have one player who who has an off day, it's not really going to impact their performance that much. Whereas if you have a look at our team, um, especially on defence, we have a couple of players that if they don't perform, suddenly our defence performance plummets through the, the floor. Because I was just predicated on the pass rush being successful. If we can't generate that, then it's going to open up our cornerbacks to being exploited. And, and when they're going up against uh, AJ Brown and um, Devonta Smith, Smith, yeah, yeah we, we're just going to get absolutely killed. So we need to make sure our big players have a big game because we can't afford one of our big players not to, whereas I believe the Eagles can afford one or two of their players to have off games because the rest of the team is strong enough to carry them. True. Very true. Paul, weigh in on the pass rushes. No, I think the, the gents have covered it quite well. I think the one name we're missing is, and what Philadelphia are taking for granted, is Ibukam has been pretty good behind Nick Borsa. And Nadji said it. I mean, you must have been, been awesome though. last week in Dallas or Nadji when Hafanga came up to the yeah. line of scrimmage, had a look across. There was no one on him. I thought, that's a sack. So, I think Lee's said that quite well there, that we need all our players to play well. But I'm confident. I'm confident that we've said it on this pod before, Gareth. These games where you need your players to make great plays. And I think we've got that in us. And like you said, Nadji, a lot of people forget the Eagles pass rush as good as it is. There are some older players on there. I'm looking forward to seeing Aaron Banks go up against Fletcher Cox. I think that'll be a battle. I think Trent Williams is going to be big on that line. And like you said, I think this is it's going to be two heavyweights going up against each other. It's going to be a bit of a slugfest in the trenches. And I think for the neutral, it isn't going to be one of these games where it's pass, pass, pass. It's going to be won and lost up front. It's going to be a game for the ages in regards to football on, on that. And I think I'm confident in our chances. I do worry that we're going into Lincoln Field. Obviously, we'll, we'll cross that later. But with regards to the pass rush, it'll be reflected in my ball prediction how I feel 97 is going to play. And I'm going to say no more on the subject till we get to the right section. I think we, we've got fairly evenly matched there. And I think the, the two quarterbacks have shown that they can also cope with a little bit of the pressure. I, I do wonder if Brock Purdy had a slightly better workout against Dallas than Jalen Hurts has had against uh, 
the Giants' pass rush in the last game. And I think that's really going to set him up for... They know exactly what this game is going to be like. They're going to say it's going to be like the Cowboys, but a little bit more. Whereas I think the jump from the Giants to, to facing us could well surprise the Eagles. I think you, you can watch it on the tape and you can expect it. But the Niners went through it for 60 minutes up against Dallas. And, you know, maybe we should thank Dallas for that, for, for giving us a really good game. Whereas the Eagles haven't had a game they've needed to win for some time. And you do just wonder whether that's the sort of thing you can come in and catch a team cold and maybe something like that on the on the pass rush. They're going to expect to get there and then maybe not realise quite how much work um, there is. You, fair enough, you, you can get to Purdy, but you do have to work for it. People don't come straight through our our O-line. You, you've, you've got to use all your tricks. So that I think that is going to be one of the one of the key battles. Um, the team that can keep the quarterback coolest and, and under least pressure, I think, is going to have uh, uh, the ball in their court, as it were. Yeah, I think I think you make a very good point there. Um, the fact that the Eagles haven't been in a position where things haven't really been going their way, or they're finding it tough to actually grind out the game, whereas we've been grinding out results all season long. Um, even go back to that game against the Saints where we shut them out. We only won by 13. It was yeah. 13-0 and we had to grind that game out. And it was, it's those types of games where things aren't going right for the winning team. They're, they're struggling to do it, but they grind out that result. I think that's the thing that the Eagles don't have the experience with that we do, coupled with the fact that we've got the experience of the NFC Championship game and the way I believe Shanahan's going to play this game I think it's going to be a shock to some of these Eagles players mm, especially yeah. some of the younger ones they might still be in a bye week slump because last week really wasn't much of a challenge at all the game was over about 10 minutes in so um, yeah I think they might get whoa that's I forgot how fast the NFL is <laughs> yeah I mean to, to, to be fair we, we are probably the first playoff caliber team they have faced played in a while yeah Mm. So, should we move on? Let's have a look at the other side of the pass game, how the receivers are going to cope against the secondaries. Very different sets of match-up here, I think. Our pass uh, game, our skill position players compared to theirs. How do you think this is, is going to go? Magic kicks off. Well, Mooney Ward and, and Dean Molinor are going to have to have good games. There's just no way about it. Um, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith are very, very, very good wide receivers, uh, both doing very different things. Um, but I I think Mooney Ward can take AJ Brown on. Uh, he's you know went against DK America three times and pretty much shut him down all the way. I think the one half where he wasn't that good. He recovered from and he, he remember, but it's kind of the same guy. I think AJ Brown is better though, much better route runner than DK Metcalf is. Mm. So yeah, I, I, plain and simple, our cornerbacks are going to have to have a good game. We cannot al- allow these guys to do anything, otherwise it's going to be a long day. But it wouldn't surprise me if both of them have a good game because that's what we've been doing uh, as long as you know, as as soon as last week as well. As CD Lamber had a decent a decent game in terms of stats. Few catches, about hundred something yards, but it's not that impactful. And I think that's what we need to be able to do again to them. Is yeah, you're gonna catch the ball, but you're gonna get tackled by, you know, either Mooney Ward and Gibson or Lenore and the Funga and the linebacker on top of that. 
Um, and I, I think that's the key. But we cannot allow uh, big gains and touchdowns away you know, at will. Otherwise, we're going to be in trouble for sure. And on, on the opposite side, I think we have the upper end. Uh, I don't think anyone can touch BA or Debo or Kittle or CMC. And definitely not all four of them at once. Uh, I'm not sure they have quite the capacity to to cover that. And they, they try to, you know, shortcut that by having a good pass rush. Uh, so if we can get the ball out, this might be a game where we see a bit of, you know, good old Jimmy just throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage and let the guys do the, do the work away from that good D-line. Uh, if, if I can remember correctly, that's exactly what we did to them last year. Uh, in that game, we won 17-11, 17-10, something like that. Um, we just didn't allow them to, to get to Jimmy at all. And if, if we just, if Brock can just deliver quick passes uh, and, and attack those corners, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they're, they're quite equipped to stop the likes of Deep, especially Debo, who's on fire right now. So, uh, yeah, I think we have the upper hand in that matchup. Mm, confidence. Oh, what do you think? I'm smiling because people would not believe that we do not meet up before. We have a bit of chat <laughs> in the group chat, but why I love doing this show, Gareth, is the four of us seem to think on the same page, and, and I'm just nodding along with everything Nancy's saying. And the big key for me is the Eagles have got a good secondary, you know, Darius Slay and Bradbury, and you mentioned it before, Nancy Gardner-Johnson, but we don't need to make those big splashy plays down there. We do a lot of our damage in the middle of the field, and that's where we excel. We're going to rely heavily on the run game. The Yak boys are going to come in there. And like you said, Najee, they haven't faced Ayuk. They haven't faced Debo. And it isn't just what we do with the ball in the hands. Look, at Ayuk is enjoying blocking as much as George Kittle does. And that team spirit we've got. I think another key matchup for our secondary is we get the help of Fred Warner. He was awesome last week. That play against C.D. Lamb. I mean, they've come out around the league and said he's like a DB playing linebacker. And I think Warner going up against Goddard for the Eagles tight end, I think that's why we could see that weapon taken away. And again, we have the bend but not break mentality, Gareth. I can see A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith getting big chunk players. You know, like like Nancy said, it's happened all season. When it comes to the red zone, the Eagles fans are jumping up and down that they've got great red zone efficiency but again you go off the strength of schedule they haven't played a defense like ours so i, I agree with Najee is the short answer to that question and i went around the houses a bit so i apologize what's happened before lee yeah so, so, so i don't particularly I, I don't particularly think uh our wide receivers up against their cornerbacks can be uh too much of a problem for us mainly because of the way we use our wide receivers. We don't particularly use them as traditional wide receivers. And because of that, we, we get round the problem of uh, coming up against a team who, who maybe has a shutdown corner. Um, I'm not saying the Eagles do have a shutdown corner. Um, all I'm saying is the way we play, it, it shouldn't be an issue. Whereas when you flip that and you have a look at their wide receivers against our cornerbacks, that is a concern. Even with Mooney Ward there. That is a concern because I think we've gone up against two very, very good wide receivers. Um, and it comes back to to my comment about the pass pass rush. If Nick Bosa has an off day or if one of the other guys on the D-line has an off day and, and we can't generate that pressure, yeah. we could easily be shredded. We, we could. So, so that's Absolutely. a concern. Yeah, they, they, they have the, the power to do what the Chiefs did to us. Um, in October, the last loss, um, absolutely do, and, and we're going to have to play NFC Championship level defense if we want to uh, 
to advance. Um, but you know what they say: championships, defenses win championships. Mm-hmm. So, if obviously if we don't play well on defense, I don't I don't see us having a chance at all. But I have the confidence. Boss has been quiet for a while. I could see him go completely crazy and and disrupt what they do pretty well and change the game by himself because he he can. Yeah, some interesting matchups there. I think something mm. uh, for everyone everyone to think about. And yeah, very different. I think receiving core on our side than the uh, uh, than the Eagles side. Uh, I think, as you've said, I think we've shown that if you've got a good wide receiver, Devontae Adams and uh, CD Lamb got over 100 yards, I'm fully expecting both of their their pass catchers to get some good numbers from the day. It's whether we can keep them quiet in the in the red zone, and it and it is the occasional play where they'll get 30, 40, even 50 yards, and then you hope you hold them to three and out afterwards. Um, and they, they occasionally get that big play. And we've seen that all season, that our defence can can give that up. But you you can't put your whole game plan on that one play uh, working out. And I think if we can take away everything else, and I think we will, it will move us nicely into the run game, um, I think if we can take away some of that as well, um, I think there's there's some pressure to be put quite literally from the pass rush uh, on Jalen Hurts. But I also think he's there's a risk there. He's going to try and force it into those receivers and think those are the guys who've got to go and, and, and I've got to get the ball in their hands. And there is a chance he could start forcing the ball where it really shouldn't be going. Mm. So, um, and our, our guys, yeah, I think we've seen the versatility of, of everybody. I think we've seen how Shanahan knows how to use that short, quick passing game to get around a pass rush, to use it as an extension of the running game. And we've got all of the guys who can do that with with Kittle, Jennings, Juice, uh, Ayuk. Everyone is built to be able to to deliver that uh, game. And this is, I, I don't know that the Eagles have played a team like us because uh, no one else perhaps really plays like us, but certainly not the teams they've... Uh, the, the Dolphins, the Jets. You reckon? I, I, I don't think they've got the offensive weapons that we have no no i don't think they've got the offensive weapons but they do do they do do a lot of similar players for for obvious reasons mm. yeah they do in a way especially the dolphins so, yeah but they haven't played each other so no, well no they haven't no you're right yeah fair point yeah well there we are so uh, final ones <laughs> uh run game um eagles Got a good run game. We've got a good run game. It's another one where we match up fairly evenly, you'd think. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. It's very different. No, I don't think we do. I think we have the upper hand. Um, I think our run game is much better because it's it's wider and bigger and we do way more things than they do. They basically run a very good RPO. For the people that don't know, it's run-pass option Um, where the running back can... Uh, the quarterback can either give it to the running back or keep it for him and run an all-pass. Uh, that's why it's called a run-pass option. And uh, He has the option to do both. It's very hard to defend. You have to be so very disciplined in staying in your lane and in your assignment as a defense. You can't get caught off guard. Otherwise, if he reads it well, it's probably gone for a while. But it's very gimmicky, and if you take that away soon, uh, I don't think they have much else. Miles Sanders is good, but he's not CMC and he's not Edger Mitchell. So... Um, no, I think I think we're a better. Uh, He's not even Debo anyway. Samuel. And he was all Josh Kill. We all all Jews, yeah. you know. All, all, all these guys, all, all, all Jews. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't think 
I don't think it makes it worth see the field, but um, no, I just think our, our own game is wider. We can run left, right, send middle, screen. It, this We can do pretty much everything. I think the Eagles have got a very specific thing. Very hard to defend, but it's very specific. So, so this area is where we win the game. That this is what we need to do to win the game. So that the biggest obvious weakness that the Eagles have is defending against the run. They're ranked 24th defend against the run. And I can see this game going the same way as the Packers game and the Vikings game back in 2019. I think Kyle is going to try and dominate on the ground. He's going to run, run, run. He's going to smack them in the mouth, Gareth. That's what he's going to do. Mm. He's going to try and dominate the time of possession. He's going to try and wear that defence down, which is going to impact their ability to pass rush, which means later in the game, Brock Purdy's probably going to start throwing it a lot more later in the game than early in the game. And I think it's going to be a case of Kyle's going to be very clever, not put Purdy in a position where he can possibly make a mistake. Um, and I, I think he's going to lean on our strength and our strength is running the ball. And it's not in the traditional way either. So it's going to be difficult for the Eagles to stop us gaining yards on the ground. Paul? Well, I won't go over our run game because Lee has covered that quite well. And Nadji is always dropping his pearls of wisdom. So when I was preparing tonight, Nadji, I thought you'd be impressed by this one. So I went and watched the Eagles, Gareth, and they tend to run 11 personnel, which is Nadji says, not everybody knows what that is. So 11 personnel is one running back, one tight end, and three wide receivers. Now, normally, that causes defences to problem against the run-pass option, as Nadji said, but not the 49ers, Gareth. The speed of our linebackers means that our defence doesn't worry about that. And we mentioned Fred Warner before. We mentioned Dre Greenlaw. We've got Al here. We've got Hufanga. That's where I'm not overly worried. And when I went back and watched the Washington Eagles game, they kept the Eagles offense off the field. They ran the ball 49 times, like I said. And I agree with Lee. I think that is the key to this. We get our run game going because it takes the pressure off Brock. We control the ball. We control the time of possession. Sounds very unsexy. People are thinking an hour in. And you're talking about ramming the ball down their throats. But if we win the game, like we did against the Green Bay Packers, and CMZ scores four touchdowns and Brock doesn't have to do anything other than hand the ball off and throw it eight times. We'll all be happy. But I do think we have that strength because Kyle Shanahan is a run-first coach. I think the defence is well-versed against the run. And yes, Hertz gives them that mobility of quarterback, but I'm very confident in our defence, Gareth. So there you go. I thought I'd drop that in at this point. Nice. Mm. Yeah, one game. I, I, I think we've got to watch out for for the uh, Philadelphia's run game. I think, obviously, our defence has been practising against a, a good run game or is used to defending against a run game. But I'm 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 with you, Lee, on this one. I think that Shanahan's uh, plays are going to be to lean on the run game and hopefully and stick with it. I think just like we did with uh, uh, Dallas, that the run game, it took a while to get going, but that's the point. It's You build up some momentum with it. And by the end of the game, we were whipping off six, seven, eight yards of carry, I think, for Mitchell punching through and, and uh, CMC punching through. But it took a while to get there. It took a while to probe, I think, where the, where the defence was strong and work out where we were going to run. Um, so I can see the same thing happening again. Um, and Shanahan mixing that up with a few passes. But I think our run game is, is going to be key. 
Um, the one that can establish the run should win this game. Um, but yeah. I'm perhaps a, a little bit more cautious of the uh, of the Eagles than than as you've said, because I think they've got three. I think three different running backs scored um, against the and the Giants, and not one of those was was even Jalen Hurts on a rush. So I think they've there's, there's some options there, um, and I think if they've got if they have got a good offensive coordinator, I think they could get some success with the run game and potentially show a little bit of confusion or or potentially work around potentially the the Hufunga blitzes or or the Fred Warner blitz and you do that little short pass over the middle or or the shovel pass and you go around it. Um, those I can see are being potentially a little bit of a danger because th- I think they have got some weapons um, in the run game, but I don't think as well they've they've necessarily faced a run defense like ours, which yeah hasn't given up what I think we held the uh, uh, the Cowboys to seventy four run yards or something. I know Pollard went out and and obviously they had to throw at the end of the game, but still that's that's pretty pretty impressive. So. Mm. Yeah, so so I just want to go back to what Paul said. Uh, the point Paul made about um, the Eagles having success uh, using eleven personnel, um, obviously with three wide receivers on the on the field, having success in the run means that we've got uh, both our well our three cornerbacks all following the wide receivers. That's not how we play. And um, what you tend to find is when Jimmy Ward comes up into the slot, he doesn't really cover the slot. He'll maybe cover the slot for the first five yards, but then go straight into run defense. We'll play he's very good at that. Yeah, he's very good at that. So one of the linebackers will more than likely pick up that slot receiver or one of the safeties comes down. And that's where we'll stop them. That's where we'll prevent them having success with 11 personnel trying to run the ball. Yeah, because they stay in their base, stay in their base personnel, don't they? Like you said, actually the zone. Yeah. That's why I think I wanted to say at this point in the game day, Fred. Please don't panic. This game <laughs> is going to go yeah. back and forth. There's going to be big chunks, and that's what yeah, I meant like, about when you go and watch It'll it. And, and you're right, the Seagulls team is the number one seed. They're a good team. They've got good weapons. Another thing that I thought as well, Gareth, is their defensive coordinator doesn't seem to make the necessary adjustments that Ryan's does. And he always tends mm-hmm. to leave like an extra back on the field when I watch, which seems a bit crazy. Where in our base personnel and the zone coverage, we don't tend to change a lot around. And like you said, Lee Ryan's doesn't seem to panic. I know a few people said at home, like when Devent Adams was getting all those catches, and then we did the show, and we were like, he didn't really do much else. So I know emotions get the best of us all. And if you're not in Leeds and you're sat at home, obviously use the game day, Fred, to vent and let off some steam. But stay with the process. This is going to be a 60 minute game. Possibly more, depending on the chaps' ball predictions. It could go into overtime, it could not. But this is going to be one hell of a game to watch, and it is the best out of the two games this weekend. I think you're right. I'm mentioning 60 minutes. We're over an hour into the pod, so I think you've covered the breakdowns pretty good. Shall we move on to some bold predictions? Sure. Mm, who's going to go first? Paul. Paul's going to go first because I want to hear this Paul's, bold prediction that he's going to make. Paul's going to go first then. Well, my first one is very plain when you listen to it, but it's bold because it hasn't been done before. So the 49ers will win their 13th consecutive game and will head on to the Super Bowl and we will all be happy. That said, Nadji, you're not getting your easy game, buddy. We've said we're going to establish the run game. So CMC for me gets 150 yards, two touchdowns. We talked a lot about the Eagles' pass rush. Nick Bosa will get the more sacks on the night. 
and he's going to get three sacks, in my humble opinion. And I think Jalen Hurts throws for three interceptions. We win the turnover battle. And that leaves me to my last prediction that we'll get one receiving touchdown on the night. It comes from our boy, George Kittle. We see the celebration. Club 85 goes mad. And then I will explain where the rest of the points come from when I give my score prediction. So, so that winning run, I'm a, I assume, is a 49ers record. Yes, 49ers. So we've won obviously, 12 consecutive the at the moment. <laughs> so obviously, yeah, apologies. I meant as 49ers fans. We've won 12 in a row, which was a franchise record. So if we win 13 consecutive, it's not been done by the 49ers before. So it sounds simple, but we win this game. We've got the Super Bowl. We've won 13 games in a row for the first time as a franchise. So nice. apologies for saying that, underselling that. Very good. Who's next? I only have a couple. Um, so and it's mostly on, most, mostly on defense. It's, it's it's very hard to predict this kind of game. I, I, I do generally think it's going to be close. Uh, we haven't talked about turnovers, uh, but it's going to be crucial not, not to have any. And I think a big one could really change the game fast. Uh, and But that's what I'm going to predict. I'm going to predict a ball prediction that we will get two false fumble and that Jimmy Ooh. Ward will be involved in both of them somehow. There you go. Wow. That is, that's, wow. that's groundbreaking, I think, from a, <laughs> a, a, a positive Jimmy well, Ward well, holding. Honey, you, you do realise what this means, don't you? I do. Let's I would have to buy a jersey. Let, yeah. Exactly. Let's just rewind at the start of the show. <laughs> Naji has already resigned himself to buying that jet. You, you may as well just buy it now, mate. Yeah, well, Honestly, I, like f- f- I, like, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Oh, no, I, I, like it. I like it. Yeah, I think it's great. I think you may as well just buy the jersey now. I might do. I might do. So, <laughs> bold predictions. So, you, you always need a big player to step up. I think he has stepped up ever since Brock Purdy's come in. I think George Kittle's going to go over 100 yards. He's going to have two touchdowns. And he's going to help us win the game. I think George Kittle's going to be pivotal. Our second bull prediction would be, I actually think we're going to have three interceptions. So this is going back to what uh, Najee said at the beginning. Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback, but he's not a great quarterback yet. He he doesn't have the type of accuracy that uh, Mahomes, that Josh Allen... Joe Burrows has. I, I think when we start to pressure him and he's having to chase the game, he's going to make mistakes. Force it. And, and I can see us. Mm. Yeah, he's going to force it. I said three. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm going for three. Three as well. I said out. I said out. Go yeah. on, Gareth. Your turn. I've got us getting uh, three rushing TDs CMC, Mitchell, and Brocky. Uh, I can see all all of our TDs being uh, on the ground. I think we can keep Philly's run game down to that 100-yard limit. That is going to be a struggle. Um, maybe I'm sitting on the fence here, so I'm not going to say what they are, but I think there's going to be some big plays from Greenlaw, Hafanga and Armstead. I'm not sure if they're going to get picked or fumbles, get a third down sack. I think there's Amstead, going to be some... Amstead is annoyed at himself, so it's very yeah, much possible. Because he should have ended that, the game on that safety. Yeah. I, I don't understand why he didn't smack him and tackle him. That would have been and a safety, I, that would have been the end of the game. But... I think when, you, when, the, when the clock uh, expires, it will be our defence on the field, and our defence will make a play to win it. 
Oh, or you know, we we might be able to get back, uh, get the offense back out for victory formation. But I think oh, it's we can, going we can send them the win, the Cowboys play, playbook. Be fine. Send yeah, the Cowboys playbook. They might they might enjoy that. Yeah. It's nice. Before you get star predictions, Gareth, I did have written down Kittle as lead and receiver, but Lee obviously reminded everyone on that. So Lee, me and you have coordinated. It seems like you've been. Uh, can you see? I'm looking around. Can you see my your cameras all over your house? Oh, you, you know what, mate? It was funny because I could see you writing early on. I wasn't. I wasn't sure if you just writing notes or playing bingo. No, no. I've come prepared. You, you and Nadji have made me up my game. And Gareth sent a very structured itinerary that I was trying to stick to. Thank you. So, so we do professionals. Actually, I, I think Kittle is going to be pivotal, uh, pivotal, pivotal uh, in the blocking game. I think he might get one of those oh, ones where he's like two catches for, for 40 yards. But I think he's he's going to be so important uh, in laying the road for someone else um, that I I don't see Kittle having a big game myself, but I would be happy to be proven wrong by young George. So score predictions. Uh, someone want to go first? Or, uh, I, your... I'm, I'm happy to go first. Go you go first. Go What's the over under? Uh, like, 46. Again. It's always 46. 46. Yeah. Eagles, two and, yeah. and a half points favourite. Two and a half points favourite, which is... Two and a half points. I have got us Crazy. winning a bum squeaker at 24-23 Niners win. Right. Yeah, I was going to go very close to that. I had 25-24 Niners win. Wow. Wow, you're not going to believe this. So I I think it's going to be a really close game. Um, I think it's going to be 27-24. That's very close. He's definitely got a camera in my room. Because <laughs> I was thinking, there's no way. I thought, Lee, my, my last ball prediction, Gareth, is it's a 27-24 on a Robbie Gold last-second mm. field goal. Oh, God, um, I don't think I could take ball predictions. So for Alex Simpson, who's adding them up, my scores reflected on my, I said, three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And two field goals is my 27 points. But I do think, Nadji, it could come to that because the positive in me is that's what happened in Edinburgh against the Saints. And that finish was awesome. So yeah, I'm I was just about to mention for... that. Can you imagine the scenes and leads if that's the case? Last that second, be, Robbie Gold field goal. I don't think I could take it. I think I would age about 50 years. In, in about <laughs> yeah, we don't have to take our Apple watches off because the heart no. rate monitor would be send the messages over to the other half and what <laughs> yeah, right. doing in Leeds because you're there. Uh, yeah. No, I think 27-24, I do think it's going to be a close game. And like you said, Gareth, it comes down to a last play of the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to come down to the wire, I think. And and I think, as as you've said, maybe, it's, maybe I'm just showing my age or the old hand. I, I don't, I watch the game, but the first half, I don't get either too excited or too down. To me, the first half is just, it's kind of, you, you have to get that over with before you get to the real game. And the yeah. real game to me is that is that third and into that fourth quarter, because that, that's where the one are lost. You win nothing at half time, you lose nothing. Well, if it's if it's 32 nothing in the half, I'd feel a little better, but I don't think it true, will be. True. But, uh, you know, don't ask Chargers fans. Um you know, twenty-seven nil coming into the half wasn't enough, um, and I think true. that's there's an important lesson there. Um, a lot of the time, the first Absolutely. half is just setting up for the second half. So, Absolutely. Mm. So the winner will get to face the AFC champion, and it's a rerun of last year's game. Bengals heading to Kansas City to face 
the Chiefs. Uh, how do you see this one going, lads, in brief? Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I think Bengals are going to win it. Uh, that high ankle sprain is really worrying me. I, I don't even think it's going to be a, a good game. I think Mahomes is pushing it a little bit too much and pretending too much that it, he's not in pain. But uh, if he's not 100%, the way Burrow has played last game, they're pretty much unstoppable. Um, so if he is 100% or close to, uh, I still think the Bengals will win it. But it'll be a close game. Yeah, I gotta agree with Naji. I think the Bengals are gonna win, but I don't think it's gonna be as close as our game. Um to be honest, I I think there may even be two scores in it. Uh, I think there might be a yeah, ten point win for the Bengals. Yeah, I could see that. I'm actually going for a Bengals win. I think like us with the Rams, the Bengals tend to have the Chiefs number. Mahomes injury could come to come to to fruition and I think Burrow is having a good season and he's a great quarterback so I do think it's going to be a Bengals 49ers Super Bowl which mm. will be very interesting for us all <laughs> <laughs> there's very similar similar thing between Burrow and Purdy the way they obviously completely different quarterbacks in terms of Burrow is amazing but you, you know that intangible kind of feeling and when you watch him play you know they're going to get it done somehow they both have that in spades, um, and Burrow's obviously been there and done it. So um, there's just some some aura about the Bengals, isn't it? They just look like they can't be beaten. It's really weird. Uh, every playoffs, it's pretty cool. I think if you remember to last year, Mahomes was trying to do a Superman thing, and they were letting him run around. And I think that was a big shock to the Chiefs fans. And I'm smirking, Nadji, because on my notepad, I did see that comparison earlier about Brock and Burrow, and I forgot to ask you because I saw that on Twitter. And I thought, no, you can see I it. I thought mean, of that before, so I thought I would ask you, but you've mentioned it yourself, so yeah. it's quite interesting. I, uh, I feel obliged to stick with the Chiefs. I think uh, Chiefs 49ers was my uh, you want a revenge. prediction right at the beginning of the season. Oh. Um, I I, I, the, the, the Bills just didn't turn up last week as well. No. They really just did not turn up. So again, I think uh, yes. they've got something to prove. They're, they're, they won't be happy about losing to the Bengals last year. Um, I could see this one being another tight game. Um, and I'm assuming Mahomes can actually play at some sort of level. Um, I still fancy the Chiefs to edge it. So, mm, this uh, I mean, it's the four, four, four best team left in the in the league, which is doesn't happen that often. I, the, you could make an argument for the Bills, but they've not been good for the past couple of weeks, three weeks. So I think right now they're the best four team. And just I just hope my homes was 100% because that would be more fun. Um, but, you know. Are you also saying you'd rather be facing the Bengals in the Super Bowl than the Chiefs? At this point, either is going to be a tough game anyway. So yeah. I just... You get there, you don't bother who. You yeah, it doesn't really matter. I just kind of. No, I, I don't think it's going to be the Eagles game. The, the Eagles game for me is going to be the hardest game we play. Uh, it's my my homes is the the you know it's just it's my homes, isn't it? You, you know, he's like he's the best quarterback that's ever played the game, so you don't really want to. You're like, oh, oh come on! Interesting if we knock off the Eagles. He's so good. And then, 
the Bengals get there, and then we have to play Jamar Chase. And if you go back for our season and look at all the wide receivers that yeah. we faced, and people might say, oh, your strength of schedule is not good, and you think, bloody hell, we faced all the top boys. But uh, yeah, I, I think, think personally, I'd like to see your Bengals 49ers because we all remember that Chiefs 49ers, Gareth. And as much as I'd love redemption, I still have nightmares over yeah, that night. That's what I mean. And the lights coming on at five o'clock in Newcastle and I looked across at Lee and we were just all like deflated. So I think yeah. the Bengals 49ers Super Bowl would give us a bit of a different it is. It's a It's a tradition and we haven't had one for uh, a couple of decades now, have we? More than a couple of decades. So it would be good to see Niners-Bengals Maybe the Bengals fans wouldn't necessarily agree. Anything else on the game before we wrap it up, Jens? We were, we were yes, now we and 20 in. So, concerns. go on, Paul, you first. All I wanted to say, Nadji, is whatever happens on Sunday night, we've had one hell of a season. Mm. It's been one hell of a ride. I was say that. The group has gone yeah. from strength to strength. Yeah. And honestly, I will be as upset as the next man if we lose. But my God, we're here. Let's enjoy it. We're in the championship game. And I just wanted to say thank you to you, gents, for helping me go through the emotions this season. That's all I wanted to say. Have you, have you got cameras in my head? That's exactly what I was <laughs> going to say. Um, yeah, the fact that we've <laughs> been disturbed. Um, the, the fact that we've got there, how we got there, who we got there with, is uh, is nothing to sniff at. And if, if we were to stop on this stage, I, thought, I think it would still be one of my favorite season ever it's been amazing and uh i'm thoroughly gonna enjoy this game win or loss and uh, i mean obviously it's gonna be tough to stomach a loss but just yeah i'm looking forward to i, I just want to see a good game i really don't want us to to even i, I, I kind of don't want us to beat them handedly i want it to be a close battle and a win for us that would be amazing uh but yeah you're right paul it's been an amazing season uh, let's just enjoy it, and uh, we can attack the the off season talking about QB nonsense and <laughs> defensive coordination and nonsense and all that uh, sooner rather than later. But, yeah. Nothing hey. from me. The guys have covered it all. They've said exactly yeah. the same as what I was going to say as well. And I think that's the key thing. Enjoy it. There's twenty other, the twenty eight other fan bases whose seasons are done. There's only yeah. four of us left, and that's that's going to be halved by by. Uh, the end of Sunday, okay. so uh, you know, enjoy it. A lot of other teams that aren't in, haven't watched their team play for a few weeks now, so uh, I think we should we should cherish that. And I think, yeah, as however it ends, look at the players we've got under contracts. Look at the team that we've built. People aren't liable to leave. We should be back here in in the uh, two, three, four times in the next four or five seasons. I, I'm going to put that out as a bit of a bold prediction. And, of course, this is, this is three times in four years, as right. it is. Um, yeah. That's what success looks like in this league. That is absolutely the pinnacle of success. If you can be in the championship game two out of every three years, that that's phenomenal. Um, let's, let's enjoy it and let's keep our fingers crossed for the win. So, thanks for joining me, gents. And thanks to everyone who Thank listens or indeed watches uh, the show uh, you can like subscribe comment and share and if you are watching us on the tubes uh, we have other videos waiting your viewing pleasure um, so uh, you can catch up with those in the uh, in the backlist um, wherever you can find it uh, we will be back next week to review the game and hopefully begin preparation for the next game the little one in glendale arizona on the 12th of february uh, so this is it 
Only three games left in the entire NFL season. Uh, it's the two best teams in the NFC slugging it out for the right to face the AFC champion in the Super Bowl. Take a deep breath, fire up the hype train, and break out your lucky pants. Go Niners! Go Niners! Go Niners! Bang, bang, man again. Love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurts, stiff far going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with Rob Tom. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline.